Hi, everybody. We are so excited today. We are here to catch up on two episodes of this season's Dr. Goo. We are going to be talking about episode three, Rosa and arachnids in the UK. So it's going to be really fun. I'm Rachel and uh, Jonathan is here. Hey, glad to be back. Yeah, thanks for uh, coming on and talking to Dr. Who. So let's just dive into these episodes. What was your overall feeling about the Rosa episode? I was pleasantly surprised. I was a little worried with how they were going to handle the subject material, uh-huh. but it turned out really good. I actually loved every minute of it. And I'm not always the biggest fan of the historical ones because they're kind of hit and miss for me. I know you really like them. But sometimes I think that they can kind of be the most boring ones. And that's just because uh-huh. I like the sci-fi stuff the most. But this one, this one I was like on the edge of my seat the whole time. I really like this one. Yeah, they did a really good job creating tension of, mm-hmm. I mean, we know, I mean, with all of Doctor Who, we know that everything's going to turn out okay in the end like we we if if you think about it we know that there's multiple episodes coming and like we we get it but uh nevertheless uh, a good writer i think can get you caught up in the moment so that you're Mm -hmm. anticipating that definitely happened here yeah i agree i it's one of the strongest that i think i've ever seen of the show i'm kind of inclined to agree and i've seen all the episodes this is really high on my list of favorite ones it's it's probably top of my list of favorite historical ones anyway yeah it had kind of everything it was moving it was funny at times mm-hmm. it uh, it had good acting it almost felt like boy this could be a feature film if, if it was you could almost want it to the tv even longer because i just was enjoying it so much and so the basic setup for this is the tardis lands in 1955 and it turns out that there's things that are happening that are trying to stop Rosa Parks from standing her, sitting her ground, I guess, on <laughs> the bus in Alabama. So uh, that's kind of where it starts. And uh, <laughs> I did love the joke of uh, someone says, this is, you've got Elvis's number? And she's like, don't ever tell anyone I lent him a mobile phone. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> So can you explain what Artron energy is for the show? I think it's just one of those mystical MacGuffin things. It's something they've referenced before, but it's just like a higher kind of energy that it's something that the doctor can detect. And it's a good way to tell if something is out of place. Like if you're in the past, you wouldn't expect futuristic technology. And this energy is something put off by futuristic technology. Okay. All right. So uh, their their first kind of interactions here, you have, of course, you have the three companions, Ryan, Yaz, and Graham. They're with her and he sees this white woman has dropped her handkerchief. He goes to give it back to her and the uh, the man with the woman slugs him. And you know, how dare you? What are you doing? And then Rosa Parks kind of saves him and she says you know he'll be swinging in a tree if he keeps behaving that way and uh, that's it's just an interesting uh dynamic to see these modern characters dealing with 1955 alabama and i suppose i mean we're kind of taking it for granted that people have seen the episode but if you haven't seen the episode and don't know who we're talking about ryan is black which is why the guy yeah 
beats on him for touching something that belonged to his wife. Right. And I thought that the way they handled them going back in time, they did it really well because in past episodes of Doctor Who, where they've gone into the past, they haven't really touched on that a whole lot. And usually it's kind of hand-waved as not a big deal, and it's never a big deal as part of the plot. Even when the companion is not white, it just... Yeah. They make it, they make it some funny looks, but they're it's never been dealt with in a way that felt real before and this felt real yeah i think i even made that comment last season when uh the the ice episode when they go Mm -hmm. back uh, and like nobody's treating bill any differently uh in in the past and i was like "Mm, that that's probably not 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 correct The, the closest they came was an episode with martha in the third season where they went back in time and got stuck back in time for I don't know how long, a very long time. And she ended up becoming a maid and she was seen as lower than the doctor. And that's the closest they can. I don't think that there was ever like any dangerous violence threatened against her. She was just kind of seen as lower than everyone else. Uh But that's the closest they've ever really come. I think the rest is always maybe mentioned a little bit, but they keep their head down and they're fine. This was like, this got real. Yeah, exactly. And they're asked to leave the restaurant that they're at. Uh, the waitress thinks that Yaz is Mexican. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was, I felt like that was both hilarious and sad and real at the same time because, it's like in my hometown, I, I could totally see somebody coming through. And things like that have happened. Like they'll mention that somebody's Mexican, but you know they're definitely not Mexican. Right. Yeah. Yaz is Pakistani. I yeah. read that. So maybe she said that. I don't remember, but I think that she's Pakistani. Of course, she, to me, she doesn't look Mexican. But if somebody is like completely unfamiliar with people from other countries, I guess maybe they'll think that she's Mexican. I don't know. Yeah. It, well, I mean, even in Clueless, great line when when <laughs> like when she she says to to Josh, she says, "You speak Mexican," <laughs> and uh, and and he's like, "Lucy's from El Salvador." <laughs> she's like well you're perfect i don't know it's pretty funny (laughs) um then we find out that there is this person uh called crasco he's a time traveling criminal and he has a temporal displacement weapon so he and the doctor kind of have a confrontation uh and basically he tells the doctor my plan is to disrupt time in a small way to basically try to have all these little things happen that will prevent Rosa from doing what she's supposed to do. And that's how he's even, even though his weapons are, the doctor takes his weapons, uh, that's how he's going to get back at at things because he's a, you know, horrible racist. I was actually, this is, that's, the bad guy is probably the part of this that surprised me the most in the best way. Uh-huh. Because when I first heard that Doctor Who was going to do an episode with Rosa Parks, I was just like, oh, "This, this could, this could go badly." Because it's a, it's a very sensitive topic, and Doctor Who deals with like space aliens. So, mm-hmm. Doctor Who has done metaphorical race issues very well, but like to deal with actual race issues, I was kind of worried. But I think the fact that they had the villain be a time-traveling human from the future, that saved this. Because if it had been like an alien 
then I would have been like, what does the alien care about with people of different skin colors? Why does the alien care about this? Because that's what I was afraid was going to happen. And I was like, that's mm-hmm. that's going to make hardly any sense. I, so right. I was glad to find out that this was an actual human because as much as people want to think things are getting better, I think they are in little ways, but there's always going to be racists around. And I found it completely believable that somebody from I don't know what year he was from like a thousand years in the future maybe yeah would still have a problem with people of a different race than him I think that's totally plausible sadly it's totally plausible but I I think that's what made this episode good was having the villain be a human I can understand that and just the whole his whole methodology of he's just going to get one little thing to change Mm-hmm. So that, oh, she misses the bus or, oh, it's a different bus driver or, you know, like that made it kind of exciting because it's like there's just all of these little things that all have to match up perfect in order for history mm-hmm. to be the same. And how is it going to make it work? How's the doctor going to fix all these things? And it made it, I think, really good. That was a lot smarter than if it had just been one, like one event with one villain, you know, it was all these little things I think made it work. Mm-hmm. And did you feel like there's a little bit of flirting between Ryan and Yaz in this episode? I didn't really catch that. I don't really look for that kind of thing. And so I don't really notice it unless it's very obvious. So if there was, it was subtle. I I definitely felt like there is. And I kind of wonder if they didn't want there to be any kind of romantic thing with the doctor for this first season. uh, If that was kind of, if this is kind of their way of doing that i i don't know i felt like there were some little moments little hints they're gonna do a romantic subplot i would much rather it be with companions than with the doctor because like Uh the doctor having a romantic subplot is it's old now Uh like it was it was something new when the show first came back and they had the doctor and rose and then the doctor and martha but not the doctor and martha was just pining after the doctor and then they went totally the opposite direction for Donna. And then it was back with Amy. And like, I think, I feel like the doctor romance thing has been done to death. It would be different since the doctor is now female, but uh-huh. still I would just rather it be companions because my favorite romance of the entire Doctor Who series has been Amy and Rory, the companions. I just, I love Amy and Rory. I don't know. I feel like the companions, the romantic angle for the companions just works better. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's just my opinion. Yeah. I know other people feel differently. Cool. Okay. So uh, I did like Graham tells the guy, this is his name is Steve Jobs. And, <laughs> and he says, Steve Jobs would never disrespect a Montgomery police officer. That was funny, I thought. And uh, Ryan talks about his nan. And he says, Thank God my nan taught me to keep my temper. They have this whole conversation, him and Yaz, about how come I get stopped way more than my than my white friends and ryan says 50 years from now they will have a black president and who knows what will happen 50 years after that yeah Um, that was a really good conversation and it felt it was another instance of the things feeling more real it was written so well yeah agreed he talks about his gran had a t-shirt that said the spirit of rosa and uh she would talk about james the snake bus driver because graham was a bus driver it's interesting that yaz is allowed to go in the front of the bus and uh, she's, she says, what does that mean for where I sit? So it's kind of, it's just such such a weird, ridiculous thing. 
you know, why one person is allowed to go in the front and another person, it's ridiculous. But yeah. Rosa asks the doctor, if I win your raffle, will it give me the right to sit anywhere on this bus? And then Ryan follows her and he ends up meeting uh, Martin Luther King. That was pretty, pretty fun sequence, I mm. thought. Uh, I guess there's this prison in the universe called Storm Cage. Is that something? Yeah, until the storm cage was mentioned, I was still holding my breath, waiting for the reveal that this was an alien. But I'm fairly certain the storm cage is a human prison because River Song, did you watch any episodes with River Song? I know the name. Okay, River Song was a prisoner in storm cage in previous episodes. Like there would be at the beginning of an adventure, she would find a way to escape the prison and then she'd be back by the end of the episode or whatever. Yeah. So until they mentioned that he was from Storm Cage, I was still worried that he was going to end up being an alien. But once I heard that, I was like, well, maybe he is actually a human. So Storm Cage, as far as I know, just humans are kept there. Okay, interesting. Yeah, we have we find out that he has a, a chip in him th- that won't allow him to kill. Will mm-hmm. stop him from killing. That plot line, the chip preventing him from killing, I think that that made the episode so much more yeah. tense. Just yeah. the fact that he wasn't allowed to just kill somebody. He yeah. had to find other ways to mess with people. I think that added so much to yeah. the episode rather than just, oh, we've got to protect her from being shot or whatever. It, I agree. It, it was it was so good. The writing was so good. I can't, I can't praise the writing enough from this yeah. episode. I think so. Yeah, I think it was really smart. He says... Uh, history changes when tiny things don't go as planned. So that mm-hmm. was sort of this theme. And so Ram is a playing pool with James Blake. He finds out, oh, he got the day off the next day and somebody else is going to take his spot because he's going to go fishing. And uh, and so they they go to the, the guy who's going to take his spot and they tell him that he's won a big prize in Vegas or something, <laughs> which was very funny. Using and, a cell phone from Elvis or somebody, like Elvis let somebody borrow the cell phone. I don't yeah. remember exactly how that went, but the way they wrote that was really funny. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, really funny. And uh, so they, and then they go down to James Blake when he's fishing. He's very upset that the black people are touching his, his uh, fish. And so then he goes and cause he finds out there's going to be this uh, bus rally. So he goes to stop it. Then she, she damages her coat to get Rosa to fix it. And she, you know, she says, there's nothing Brits hate more than a clothing emergency. <laughs> <laughs> Crasco has the bus practically destroyed. So they have to figure that out. Each way there's, you know, is is Rosa going to get the repair done in time since she makes the bus? All these things that are trying to stop it from happening. She's too late. I can't remember if it's the doctor or Yaz asks Rosa, what keeps you going? And she says, the promise of tomorrow when today isn't working, tomorrow is what you have they end up getting there and she the big moment she ends up sitting where she's supposed to sit graham wants to leave because he doesn't doesn't want to be the one to in history to take her spot but they're like you have to because otherwise it won't work that whole scene that was so well written and tense and sad and it was so good and horrible but in a good way if that makes any sense it's just it was hard to watch but it was so well written it It was was, they ended it the best way that they could yeah because you saw emotional journeys from all of the characters yeah including the doctor and 
you know, she, uh, Rosa says that I don't think I should have to get up. And Blake says, are you going to stand up? I will have you arrested. And she just says, you may do that. And uh, the boycotts begin. And mm. you see at the end that she ended up getting the Congressional Medal of Honor. And she changed the universe and uh, even asked her named after her. Yeah. Uh, and so that was a really cool way to kind of end. Because Yaz had emotional journey because she is a cop. And when she tells Rosa that, you know, she's just like, what? And Ryan had journey. Graham had journey because he's, of course, thinking about he was a bus driver, literally. And, of course, his wife, who's passed away, uh, who was black and her experiences and Ryan's having this. So it was a really good episode. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Like I said, it's probably one of my top favorite historical episodes. I don't have like a ranking of all my absolute favorites, but it's got to be up there. It was just so well written. Yeah, it was really good. All right. So the fourth episode was called Arachnids in the UK. And I'm very split on this episode. I liked all of the spider stuff. Spider stuff was <laughs> very fun. Uh, the American hotel uh, guy. Eh, eh, I hated that. It was terrible. Donald Trump who wasn't Donald Trump. Yeah, grown. I could I tell thought, right away it was supposed to be Donald Trump. I did like the nod to Donald Trump, though, saying that he hates Donald Trump. That that whole thing was terrible. I really didn't like it. But the spider stuff was pretty rad. Yeah, I I really liked everything in this episode, except for the villain and... I didn't think there was enough closure at the end. Yeah, I agree with you there. That That is the one thing about the spider stuff that like the resolution kind of came out of nowhere. It was like, what? And then and they didn't really tell you exactly what happened. Yeah. They, I mean, we'll get there. We'll get there. I don't want to like talk about the end before we talk about the rest <laughs> of it. <laughs> well, basically, so you have the beginning, you have uh, Mr. Big from Sex and the City. <laughs> uh, Chris Knopf uh, is, <laughs> is this... A uh, politician who's also a hotel owner, which is just like, ugh. As soon as I said, I was like, oh no. But um, he's an American and he's terrible. And he fires the wife of his niece. Did he fire uh, and, her too? I thought he just fired Yaz's mom. No, he fired fired her. That's why she was like going back into her like safety. Oh, okay. Safety I must have missed that. But um, so yeah, the TARDIS is kind of flying out of control. They have this rocky landing, but it appears they're back home. Uh, Ryan asks Graham if he should, you know, come home with him, and he ends up going with Yaz. Graham has to go back to the apartment where he shared with his wife, and you know that's very painful. He sees her there. You see from the beginning these spider webs, uh, everywhere. And there's a lady locked out uh, outside her apartment or appears to be uh, out next to Yaz's parents' house. And Yaz's dad collects junk because he thinks there's this conspiracy uh, involving the junk. The uh, I wasn't really sure what he thought the junk was about. I was a little unclear on that also. It was, I probably should watch it again to try and figure it out. But it's like, I, I didn't really get why he thought there was a conspiracy around the junk. I mean, there was, but I didn't know why he thought there was. Yeah, I agree with you. I was a little unclear on that also. <laughs> I did like the doctor. when he, She says, am I being weird? I was trying to do small talk and thought I was doing quite well. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked the doctor in this episode. Yeah. 
like from the very beginning when they're all planning to leave and she's all sad that she's going to leave them behind and then Yaz invites her to dinner or I get yeah. was it tea I don't remember invited if she invited her to her place and then she was so excited she's like yes go and then she shut the door and marched off with her it was I, the doctor was great in this episode yeah and there was a little bit like I feel like a little bit of hinting that Yaz and Ryan are going to become a couple. There were her, her Yaz's family kind of teasing them about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I could just kind of see that going that way for sure. I felt like there was also hints that that might be what the mom wants more than what Yaz wants. Yeah, there's some of that, but I don't know. I just feel like. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I just felt like it was more like what the mom wanted because it sounded like the mom was a little afraid that she was with the doctor because she liked the doctor. Yeah. But then at the end when she was like looking at Ryan's like with a big smile on her face wondering, are they they an item? Yeah. I I mean, I I think it is, it was the mother in that scene, but I don't know. I just feel like that's all kind of part of little hints that maybe this might be coming. It could be. But we'll see. I wouldn't be opposed to it. So they end up going into the neighbor's apartment to get a package or whatever, and they find her cocooned in all of this web and this giant spider there. Mm. And that was pretty scary. I think that was pretty good. <laughs> they did the spider stuff really well. I was wondering how they were going to do the spider stuff because I know there's been spiders in the past on Doctor Who. I think there was an episode called Planet of the Spiders back in like the 70s. It's one I haven't seen. It's just I read more about old Doctor Who than I've actually seen Doctor Who. Uh-huh. So I know Doctor Who has done giant spiders before. But I really liked how they did the spiders, yeah, like having yeah. them be like actual earth spiders that have been mutated this episode it felt more science fiction than doctor who has felt in a long time like doctor who is science fiction but it feels more like a very fantasy version of science fiction because especially in the past few years with stephen moffat the doctor has felt more like some kind of grand deity than a person and all their adventures seem like fantastical Mm -hmm. almost mystical adventures but this is like this felt like grounded real in air quotes real science fiction yeah i mean there even was the scientist yeah like it was like it was science gone wrong like not frankenstein but something in that vein yeah like like a a horror inspired scientist disaster kind of thing like the fly or something like that yeah this episode it just felt so much more science fiction than doctor who has felt in a long time and i really like that and i have no problem with doctor who feeling like fantasy because I like fantasy too, but I just, I really liked how science fiction-y this episode was. Yeah, I can see that. And I liked that the doctor immediately said to Jay, this woman, she says, I saw you with those cobwebs and you weren't surprised. So that was sort of very leading and very good. The doctor was practically a superhero in this uh, this episode everybody you know looked to her immediately what do you do you know and and the the um chris noth character was kind of like why do you care what she thinks and she's like because she's the smartest person you know she's she's the leader she's it it was it was good and so yeah they they go to her lab and they learning there's all this uncharacteristic spider activity uh, <laughs> and they end up at this hotel well Yaz ends up there because she's picking up her mom and then they all end up there 
and the Chris Noth character is just being terrible. Uh, he's very like obsessive compulsive. And this, uh, this spider comes out through the bathtub and it's this giant spider and he ends up locking his bodyguard in there. And that was pretty crazy. At that point, I don't want to give too much away, but at that point I was like, I cannot wait for this guy to be murdered by a spider. Yeah. He was pretty bad. And he seemed like he was generally upset that his bodyguard died, but like, he's the one who put him in there. Yeah. Like why are you, uh, that guy, he was just so. I don't know. Crazy. He was pretty. Some of his lines were pretty cringy. Uh, the, I feel like uh, that happens when Doctor Who tries to do Americans. I don't know. There's just some. I feel like Doctor yeah. Who can't do Americans very well. And maybe that's just because we're Americans and we can figure out the flaws easier. But to me, they just feel too, I don't know, stereotypical, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I, know. I'm not impressed when Doctor Who has done an American villain. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't work as good for me. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, this was just like, not good. It wasn't well executed. It wasn't interesting. Like the villain in the Rosa episode was way better, Mm -hmm. way more interesting, way better. This was just like trying to be political, trying to be current and just ended up being very cringy. I think they were trying to like comment on the Trump administration or whatever. And it just was like, oh, you know, we watch, like- we watch Doctor Who for an escape. We don't, yeah. And you can have commentary like in the Rosa episode or whatever, but like, it's still, there's enough fun in there too. But this just, you, I don't know. It was just too much. You need to be more nuanced. If you yeah, yeah. Something like that. And the Rosa episode was more nuanced. Yeah. Agreed. This was just, it felt like a stereotype, and that's probably why I didn't like it. I think if they had not played up the Trumpish aspects of the yeah. character, and if he had been British, I think I wouldn't have had as much of a problem, even if he was like a stereotypical evil hotel owner. If I feel like the fact that he was British and almost a Trump impression was what brought the character down plus like a part of it didn't make sense so they end up realizing that there is this giant spider and like the mother spider whatever and it's in the ballroom well first of all she ends up taking all the spiders and putting them in this panic room basically and she's gonna keep them and starve them to death basically and what i felt like they were saying (laughs) yeah oh for sure and then he is going to uh, shoot the big spider mm-hmm. and she's like how dare you you're a terrible person but he goes ahead and does it and so it dies but like i don't know i just didn't really understand like he, she, she he says well it's a mercy killing and i'm like yeah it is like i would rather because because the the spider is can't support that mm-hmm weight or whatever so it's dying and so it is a mercy killing to like basically put it out of its misery than to have it like start you know like yeah i i didn't really understand the doctor's point there like just because using guns is not a gun is a tool you know a gun is not necessarily bad Uh, like it's a tool and it's usually maybe it's 90 percent bad but like if I'm, if my family is starving and I need to eat, like then it becomes a very important tool. Uh, so I don't know. I just, I didn't really understand the doctor's point there. If a, if a dog or a 
uh, like an old yeller, like that's the right thing for him to do, as painful as it might be. Uh, spoiler alert for old yeller. Um, <laughs> like that's the right thing to do. How dare you? I was gonna watch old yeller tonight. I didn't know what happened. <laughs> Sorry, um, but he's suffering. He's suffering, and, uh, and so I don't know. I did you understand what she was saying there? Not exactly. I had the same questions you did. Um, the doctor, the doctor's viewpoints on different issues sometimes shift with each regeneration because I've noticed that some regenerations are more opposed to guns than others, like. 10 was very opposed to guns, but I feel like 9 didn't have a problem with guns. Guns aren't usually something that come up a whole lot, but if they do, it seems like it depends on who's writing and which incarnation they're in, and it seems like this incarnation is fundamentally opposed to guns. But I feel like, I mean, the villain, he was using the mercy killing thing as an excuse because he hated the spider. He wanted to kill the spider. So he just, he was saying he, it was a mercy killing as a convenience just so he could kill it. But it really was a mercy killing because the spider was dying anyways. Yeah, so, that's what made it confusing. As sad as it would be, because it would be cool to have giant spiders, I think. I know a lot of people hate spiders, but if there was a giant spider in a zoo, I would totally go see it. But, but as sad as it is that the, the spider has to die, eventually it does have to die because it's dying anyway. Yeah, so, yeah she seemed to think that like, the, the spider dying of natural causes is more humane, but, but, yeah, but I don't know. That's for I'm debate. I'm fairly certain that the spiders were left to starve to death. Like, I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen to them because they were locked yeah. in the vault with no food. No, but, like, the doctor seems to think that that process is somehow more humane than, like, getting shot. And, like, I feel like if I had to choose between getting shot and like suffocating for hour, you know, like, and, and, and dying a painful, horrible death, I'd rather get shot. <laughs> I mean, this, this is a very morbid conversation. <laughs> very morbid conversation. But like, I, I just didn't quite get the doctor's point there. She, yeah, you know, she talked but, about natural humane death is better and i don't know the way everything was wrapped up at the end was by far the weakest part of this episode like i liked everything except the villain up until the end like they could they should have thought of a different way to get rid of the spiders because because well and also when did they ever say anything about the spiders being attracted to rap music it wasn't the music it was the vibrations oh i mean that just spiders here in the same way they could feel the vibrations of the music and that's what they were following that just seemed totally random to me though they hadn't built that up i think they just wanted they wanted the visuals of the spiders all flocking towards the song (laughs) i'm pretty sure that that was done for the visuals and not for anything (laughs) that made sense yeah i was just kind of like what what's going on they justified Uh, it by saying they were attracted to the vibrations which i guess i get but I don't think there was scientific thought behind that. They just wanted <laughs> the cool visuals of there's this cool song playing while all these spiders are marching towards it. Yeah, I just, if they had had a, a moment where they had said, oh, the spiders are attracted to the vibrations of music, particularly rap music, then that might have made it more sense. But yeah, so like they talked about throughout that there being all of these different sites, all of these different places all around uh london which is how they figured out where to go because it was in the right in the center 
of all of this stuff. And, mm -hmm. uh, but as soon as they kill off the mother spider and those spiders in the hotel, it's kind of like, oh, they're all gone. So I, I don't really understand what happened to all those other spiders. Yeah, that's another thing that didn't make, they didn't think through quite enough. Because like, there's not, I don't think that there's, they meant it to be that there's lots of giant spiders still out there. There might be a few bigger ones. I think most of the spider activity was smaller spiders, but there's gotta be a few little, at least puppy sized spiders out there because there was one in the apartment. So that was another thing that I don't think they thought through quite enough and if they did they didn't make it clear enough within the script like yeah. i know all the biggest ones were in the hotel but if there was one in the apartment there's got to be more yeah and that one in the apartment was big yeah and it was like a dog so yeah there's probably more like that yeah and there were a lot on that map so it, that was definitely confusing uh so yeah then we do get this sort of ending with yaz telling her mom that she's gonna go out for groceries or whatever and her mom says and when you get back you can tell me the truth about how you know the doctor then yaz meets up with ryan and graham and uh graham tells everybody the thing about grief is it needs time i don't want to sit around my house waiting for it to go away that house is full of grace and it makes uh, and it makes it so much harder being with you and seeing all these things it really helps then yaz says i love my family but they also drive me completely insane which i can definitely relate to that so. yeah i think a lot of people can probably relate to that <laughs> and she does yaz tells the doctor you're you're like the best person i've ever met so mm -hmm. that's really sweet i i liked how they ended like they didn't end the spider stuff very well, but they ended right. the human stuff well. Yeah. And uh, she does say, I can't guarantee you're going to be safe. And she says, be sure, all of you. Then I really liked, it was cute when she says, she says, look at, I look at you as my fam. And she's like, doesn't quite work. This is <laughs> Team TARDIS. And they get the group, you know, group huddle, whatever. Yeah. And. I, I really like this group. I just. Yeah. It's, I feel like. I like the group so much more than I like it when there's just one companion. Like I know one companion is tradition, but I just, I like the group dynamic and I really like this group. Yeah. It's, it, when I first saw who all they were getting for the group, I was like, this just seems like such a weird combination, but it works so well. Yeah. Like they, they thought it through really well of how the characters all were related and knew each other and their dynamic just works. And I'm really liking them all together. I agree. I think it's been really nice and it, it creates a little bit of an unpredictability having just more characters to interact with, mm -hmm. more characters to make mistakes, to deal with, all that stuff. I think it really works and I like that there, you know, you have Graham who's a different age yeah, than the other characters. Yeah, another thing that I really like, having somebody yeah. older too because yeah. it's usually somebody like in their early 20s and I, I just, I love that they've got an older person. Like that's what, yeah. that's one of the things that I really liked about the fourth season with Donna because Donna was in her forties and that just added such a different dynamic to the show than it was when it was the doctor and Rose and their Rose is 20 and in love with the doctor. And then the doctor and Martha and Martha was in her twenties and in love with the doctor. Right. It, it works so much better when there's like an older person. I just, a young person with the doctor has been done to death and I just love that they're finding new ways to write this show. It's just, 
I love the fact that Graham is yeah. so much older than everybody. Yeah, so definitely prefer Rosa for sure. And but they were both fun enough, I guess. Yes. <laughs> but I, I really liked Rosa. This, aside from the bad guy and the way they ended the spider storyline, everything else I really liked about this episode. Just the yeah. end should have been rewritten. They should have had a, a couple more brainstorming sessions to figure out how to end this more strongly. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, it's interesting and it's definitely fun to talk about. And so let us know what you think of these two episodes. There's a lot of people I've seen online hated hated this as Arachnids one. So uh, give us your comments and feedback and what and then what you thought of Rosa. And did you like it as much as us? Put in the comment section or on Twitter uh, or wherever. Let us know. We'd really have fun talking about it. So uh, Jonathan, where can people find you? You can find me on social media at John J. North and on YouTube, I'm iHeartAnimation. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media and a, on YouTube or on iTunes. And if you can put your reviews in uh, for the podcast on iTunes, it really helps us out. We really appreciate it. So thank you very much. And we will talk again in another two weeks. Yep. That sounds we'll good. try to do our best at least. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, thank you much. And uh, we'll talk again later. Bye. Bye.